Hello and welcome to Hopeful Conversations. I'm Vicky Montague and today I am joined by Sheila again and Sheila Masand has been with me before on the podcast. I can't remember what number it was. I should have checked that out. Me neither. <laughs> um, but we had a, an amazing, you, you shared a beautiful um, story around your experience of health and health struggles, I guess, um, and where you are with that. Yeah, so that's definitely a, a, a podcast that I would recommend checking out. Um, Sheila talking through her kind of health issues. And was it last week we were chatting or the week before? I don't know. I lose all track of time. I know. A couple, well, of, we- couple of weeks ago, perhaps, couple, yeah. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago we were chatting and it occurred to us um, that I've, I've kind of been wanting to share something around gut health um, with my kind of followers I guess for a long time and not really known how that would be or what it would look like and we were having a chat weren't we and and we kind of just came up with this amazing idea for a for a course um which will be starting in the middle of November Mm -hmm. and we're going to be exploring everything really around gut health and kind of um, invisible I guess invisible elements that often drive these issues Mm. and it kind of occurred to us while we were talking that I hadn't actually shared my story um, of gut sort of health struggles I guess on the podcast Um, so so that's what we thought we'd do today and I really and I really wanted Sheila to be here as well because Otherwise, it'd be really boring because it would just be me. <laughs> and I know Sheila's got an amazing way of of drawing drawing things out from people, I guess, in her brilliant coaching style. So, uh, <laughs> so rather than me sitting, not here too with, much pressure then. Not too much pressure then. No, no, no. <laughs> rather than me sit here and just talk, I thought yeah. it would be kind of easier, I guess, to mm. yeah, my story um Mm. with somebody else being here so so that was kind of the yeah well that's kind of what we that's that's how this course has ended up in being born really because we we both had we we were were in conversation and we were talking about how much more fun it is to work with somebody else and bounce ideas off each other and just being collaboration and flowing with ideas and when one gets stuck another one helps another one and it, it, it just seemed really obvious to us didn't it that yeah we could do this we could put something out together you know we could we could really be helping people and and enjoying the creation we, we've, we've really been enjoying the creation of the program yeah and absolutely. that's part of what I think that's part of what some of the invisible stuff is isn't it is is around seeing that we can be okay when we're not okay um when we don't feel okay we can still carry on and and we can reach out for support and we can get you know there is community and there are there are people that will help us see our blind spots and that's something that we're really really keen to to help people with so yeah so I'm, I'm really glad to be here and I'm super excited that we're going to be working together for the first time yeah and this uh, and this with this deep dive we're calling it deep dive into into chronic health gut issues because we've but we've got that in common so we thought well it's a great place to start because having I have Crohn's disease um, and have 
you know, was diagnosed back in 2013. And I don't actually know your full story yeah. with the IBS. So I'm really curious now <laughs> to hear how that has all unfolded for you. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because I'm just going to shut the door. My dog has just appeared. Um, yeah, it occurred to me that I really haven't shared my kind of journey with IBS. It's, it's been a sort of long, a long one, I suppose. Um, and, and latterly, it's really transformed. And so it's not kind of at the front, front of my mind, I suppose, like mm -hmm. it used to be, which in itself is interesting, I guess um so i was i was diagnosed with ibs i think it was my late teens it might have been my early 20s i can't really remember the details it was a long time ago um and it came about just because i was really struggling in a lot of pain i suppose with my tummy um huge amounts of bloating not been able to go to the loo easily just really really uncomfortable um and you know the doctor sort of did a few investigations i think not very much and kind of really just dismissed it as oh we don't really know what's going on you know we've done a few tests you're fine go go and just get on with your life kind of thing which i obviously then sort of tried to do and i did lots of research about ibs and looked at all the things that could help and you know, took various supplements and potions and, you know, all the kind of things that are out there to, to supposedly help with IBS and nothing, nothing really helped. And I just sort of muddled along and, and got on with it, I suppose. And then in my mid twenties, we went off traveling around South America and it kind of came to a head then so we were all I was away with my now husband um for six months and I'd done quite a lot of travel previous to that and had problems with my tummy and and sort of picked up various bugs and you know the sort of things that you pick up in Asia and um had you know my tummy had been pretty unhappy but but this this period of travel in South America really um just really brought it forwards and um it, it got to a point where i was just basically not able to eat anything because my tummy was so bloated it, it felt like it was it felt like i'd eaten a 10 course meal and i hadn't eaten anything um so there wasn't even a, it wasn't even like oh if i eat it's gonna hurt it was literally like i can't put anything in there there's just no room for anything and so, you know, obviously I lost a lot of weight and um, we came back from that trip and um, I wasn't really in a great place having not really been able to eat much for, for the latter sort of, I don't know, six to eight weeks, I guess. Um, and I think then at that point, the doctor sort of took it a little bit more seriously and did a few more investigations. And I was tested for celiac disease at that point, which was quite a lot later than when I was diagnosed with IBS. But um, you know that was done i had um because i had such classic symptoms they did uh the biopsy as well as the blood test so the blood test came back negative but because the symptoms were so classic they they actually did go and do the biopsy as well interesting looking looking back now i think i had made some association whilst we were traveling um that wheat was causing 
a lot of my problems. So I'm pretty certain at that point I had really cut wheat out of my diet. Um, so looking back now, I, you know, I know now having, having a daughter who has got celiac disease, um, I know how long you need to have been eating wheat for in order to the, you know, to have a test to, for it to show up as celiac disease, um, even the, even the biopsy. So, so I'm not convinced that, you know, that was particularly helpful for me. It came back that I didn't have celiac disease and I carried on struggling and, you know, no more support was offered. Um, and again, I just kind of muddled through. I, I, as I say, I kind of made some sort of association that wheat was causing some, you know, a lot of my problems. So I'd remove that from my diet and that seemed to sort of help. And it, it kind of did settle down over time. I got pregnant and interestingly, all the problems kind of disappeared. I didn't seem to have any gut problems at all. Um, and that sort of stayed with me for a while after the birth of my first child, then started to creep back, then disappeared again when I was pregnant with my second. So it wasn't until my second was probably around five that I started to get another episode of really bad, you know, really, really bad symptoms and, and kind of worse almost than before where it wasn't just my gut. I started to react to other foods. So I would, um, you know, just eat something randomly and I'd end up with hives all down my neck and up my arms and, you know, just sort of random reactions really that seemed to be happening. I was getting a lot of headaches. I was really spotty. Um, I just, just felt really not right, but couldn't, again, couldn't really pinpoint what was going on. And having kind of really felt that I'd been let, let down, I guess, by the medical system. I didn't really want to go back there. So I started doing a lot of research myself, which I had been doing for years, obviously. Um, and I tried out a couple of really restrictive diets, which incidentally, I wouldn't recommend at all to anybody listening if they were in that position, because, um, you know, they were really restricted and they should have been done under the guidance of a of a um, dietitian or somebody with you know professional sort of experience but having a degree in biochemistry and genetics and having studied nutrition i kind of felt like okay well, i think i know enough to be able to do this myself um anyway cut a long story short whilst i was on some of those diets i saw some improvement but as soon as i you know came off a little bit I felt the symptoms come back I was miserable because I couldn't eat anything um you know I couldn't go out to the pub I couldn't go to friends houses for dinner it was just too awkward because I there was so much on the list of things that I couldn't eat um and I was just really thoroughly miserable and just felt utterly lost I guess and then I think I remember like when I first was diagnosed with it, I can remember the doctor a couple of times saying to me, or, you know, are you anxious? Do you have anxiety? And I was like, I have just no idea what you're talking about. Like that word to me was just not something that I understood. I didn't, I mean, it just was like, no, of course I'm not. Like, why are you trying to make out that something physical is something to do with 
anxiety and I don't even know what anxiety is and there's no reason why I would be anxious because you know I've got a job and I've got a family and you know life looks perfectly okay why would I why I don't you know and I just dismissed it I couldn't understand what they were talking about and then in about 2017 I came across um, a lady who was talking about anxiety and I don't know why I was even I don't even know why I listened to it, to be honest, but something drew me to listen to it. And after about five minutes, I just sat there and I stopped, sort of stopped in my tracks and I was like, oh my gosh, she's describing me. She's describing me exactly. And, and I suddenly realised that for my whole life, I had worried about everything and worry was my word. I understood worry. Yeah, I mean, that was what I did about everything. I worried about everything. Anxiety, no, that's something really serious. But worry, yeah, of course I worry. Of course I, of course I worry about what I'm going to eat because it makes my tummy flare up. And of course I worry about what my children are doing because you know I need to keep them safe and 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 on and on. And and that was just something that I did. And I had never at any point thought anything of it in terms of my physical health. And just listening to this lady, suddenly she said something about thoughts creating feelings. And that we feel our thoughts or we feel our thinking or something. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Is that what's going on? Am I, am I like, is my tummy responding to my thinking? Like I'm, I'm always worrying about things. And I believe all my thinking to be true. And she was saying, you know, you don't have to believe your thinking. Like it, there's no meaning in your thoughts. They're just, it's just thoughts. Like they're just, it's just like a stream of consciousness or stuff going through your head that, that aren't instructions. And, and this was revelationary to me. I mean, I was like, what? I don't have to listen to my thinking. I don't have to believe my thinking. I don't have to follow my thinking. And I just heard something in that. And I couldn't really understand what I was hearing, but there was just, there was a hook. And I found myself listening to lots of her podcasts um, and just not really understanding what she was talking about, but that there was something that kept drawing me back. Um, and then at some point, I realized that I was eating some of the foods that had previously caused some, you know, these, these skin reactions, immediate skin reactions that I was describing. And it was, I, I was looking through some photographs and I came across these photos of reactions and I suddenly was like, oh my gosh, I haven't, my, I haven't reacted. My skin hasn't been reacting. And I've been eating the things that I thought were causing the reactions. And it was, so weird because I hadn't kind of it sounds crazy but I had I just hadn't noticed and I realized that there'd been this huge shift that I hadn't really been aware of but that I understood like I just stopped taking my thinking so seriously I guess and I could see that all of that busy 
what if this happens? What if that happens? How, what am I going to eat? How am I going to eat? You know, what food do I need to take with me? All of that. Or, or every morning when I woke up, you know, how's my tummy? Is it bloated? Is it flat today? You know, how am I going to, how am I going to reduce the bloating? What can I do to eat? You know, all of that I realized was like, there was just so much busyness in my head and there was so much fear that I didn't realize was fear, but just that worry, that constant worry that my brain was effectively thinking that I was in need of escaping from something scary. And I was in this constant state of fight or flight. So now I realize that the brain can't differentiate between, you know, um, someone trying to mug me and me thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know how to deal with my health. What am I going to do? What am I going to eat? How am I going to tell somebody this? Didn't Our brains don't know the difference. So effectively, I was living in this low level of fight or flight. And what I now understand about that is that, you know, our body doesn't prioritize healing. It doesn't prioritize digestion. It doesn't prioritize things like fertility. You know, when we're trying to escape from a tiger like we would have been when we first evolved into humans we didn't you know we needed to run so when we're in that state of fight or flight our energy is going into parts of the body that are required for escape and not into those functions that are there to heal us to digest food and and all the rest of it so so all these things sort of sort of started slotting in. I think I realised that that I had literally been living in this. My body had been put in this state of alert, and consequently, there was a ton of inflammation and a ton of reactivity. You know, no wonder when I ate something, there was my body rejected it. It was like can't cope with this and and it all kind of happened without me you know I didn't I didn't do anything but I'm now in this place where I seem to be able to eat whatever I want to eat and yeah I get bloated sometimes but I don't like it's just doesn't bother me like it used to it's not it's not something that I spend hours then worrying about or thinking how can I fix I know that you know it will just it'll my body will sort it out when it when it's time there's so much in what you've shared um, just, well what a um you've seen so much is what I mean I mean you know what you just described about the sort of the fight or flight response is that that is so invisible to so many people me included so for you to have seen that and to recognize that that's something that's been affecting your physical body I mean I think somehow I mean when people say oh yeah stress affects you and most people all agree and go, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's the same as saying to somebody, 
well, you know, happiness is, doesn't come from the outside. And people go, yeah, 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 yeah. And yet we don't live like that. You know, we don't live in, in true to what, to what is, is actually the way it works, right? So, so to see, to really see that stress or anxiety or worried thinking, whatever description works, I'm with you on that one. I mean, I, and somebody said, if somebody asked me, you know, anxiety and anxious, I'd be like, ah. but talk, in the past, talk about worry, you know, I'd put my hand up for that, definitely. Um, so yeah, it doesn't matter what the label is, but it's, it's a feeling, isn't it, of not being settled, not being present. Yeah. And, and as you say, the body just reacts to what the brain tells it to do, more or less. If the brain's saying, hey, you're not safe, then it's going to react in a, in a way that makes sense to it. So, yeah, I mean, so, as I say, so much and so many um, crossovers in your story as well as to, and I'm sure so many, so many people can relate to your symptoms, going to the doctor, being told there's nothing wrong with you. I mean, how many times that has happened to me, different symptoms over the years and have every all the tests, because that's what they know to do, right? Send you to this scan, that blood test, this other x-ray, this different scan, this whatever's next test, um, all to be told at the end of it, no, there's nothing wrong. Um, but actually, I feel really crap. <laughs> you know, I don't feel well and this hurts. Yeah, I don't know what <laughs> so, to do. Well, we could give you this tablet. Why don't we try this tablet? Yes. Well, what does that do? Well, it'll help. You. It'll, 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 it'll help. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, and, you and know, it's, it's guesswork on so so much of their part, but, but that's all they know to do. They're doing the best they can because that's when it comes to the end of the road and you don't know where to look anymore, then what do you do? Um, so, yeah, it's so common, isn't it? Especially with gut, gut issues. To, and now there are a myriad of tests and different ways to look. But what we're, I suppose, what we're, what you've come to see for you and what I've come to see for me is we're really interested in, I suppose, the psychological nature, the spiritual nature of what's going on for us physically. Because <laughs> there's, yeah. there's no separation, is there, between physical and mental, emotional, spiritual. That's what the way we see it is, is it's holistic. There's no separation. And so generally when you go to the, med the medics, they they want to compartmentalise, yeah. you know, Go to the go to the gut specialist for this. That's got nothing to do with what's going on in your nervous system or hormones or, and you know, it's, it, there's just no connection whatsoever. Yeah. And interestingly, when I, what amazed me when I was first diagnosed with Crohn's was, and I asked, so you know, what about what about food? And no, like, oh, you can eat anything you want. Wow. That wasn't well. You know, now maybe that's true. I don't know, mm. but it, it was a surprise to me at the time. It was like. There seemed to be no understanding of any any connection with anything. It was just like take the drugs, um, you're not going to ever be healed. Yeah. Um, you don't you won't die of Crohn's, but you'll die with it. That's what I was told when my first wow. my diagnosis. It was like, hmm. And me being me, I was like, nah, that's not gonna, I'm not, you know. So then I've, you know, been on a been on a quest for many years to be healed. And then then very recently noticed that that's been getting in my way this this quest for healing yeah. is actually 
been a lot of noise in my head. Yeah. Of um, and you, what what we could class as worry or anxiety or I don't know different different yeah. labels. I would I saw it as a positive thing. Yeah. Me too. And most people too, you know. This I will follow this diet and I will do this exercise and I will take these supplements and I won't eat this and I won't do that and I won't and it was like all in my quest to get better, you know, eat raw, no, don't eat raw, and you know, following different different um different people's advice, I suppose. People who have already had a, a turnaround and have been healed and have a different experience. Um well they know best. Yeah. They know best so let me do what they're doing let me do what they're telling me to do and um yeah it looks really different to me now and i think that's it's that's a really valuable point isn't it it's because because that's what i did too it was mm. um well i need to sort this problem out of course i do no one else is helping like the doctor's not helping me so what can i do to fix this and i think what I now really understand. I mean, if we just look at, if we just look at a cut as an example, you know, if we cut ourselves, we don't then go into like huge amounts of thinking about how that's going to heal. Generally, we just kind of accept that that's just going to sort itself out. Like we might put a plaster on it. I've done here, um, and you know, we'll just wait and we just accept that our body will sort that out like it, that's just part of what we understand but for some reason when it comes to something like gut health problems we think that we've got to fix it and like you've just pointed out the that in that that sort of it's on me i've got to sort this out this is a problem that needs to be sorted and i'm gonna have to do it like that's just so stressful there's so much weight on that there's so much there's so much riding on it there's so much pressure there's so much fear if i don't get this right i'm going to live like this for the rest of my life you know whatever but what i i think what i've come to really see is that our bodies work perfectly when we allow them to to and when i say when we allow them to that is kind of stepping out of the way and, and just doing what we do with a cut. Oh, well, oh yeah, there's a cut. Okay. I don't need to do anything. I, it will, I trust that it will, the body will sort that out. As soon as I stepped away and, and kind of relinquished the job almost to, to the body, to the body knowing exactly what to do and that, when I really listened, body would tell me what to do. So it might be today that drinking a green juice, for example, might be what what feels like a good thing to do. But tomorrow that might not feel like a good thing to do. And it's really getting to listen to what it is that our bodies need, not what someone else's body healed by doing because that was their body and it could be helpful, but, but what's really truly transformationally helpful is to just, just really believe, like see that the body has everything and will heal once we stop and listen to it. Yeah, I love that. 
I love that. This listening is there. I don't know. I think it's elemental, fundamental in terms of well, in terms of living life as a human being. Never, you know, it, but particularly, obviously, with health. There's a body wisdom, isn't there? There's our body is is signaling to us all the time what's going on and what's going what's going on both physically and mentally and um i think this idea of we know best <laughs> or the body knows best or 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 the divine intelligence let's say divine maybe some people don't like that word but the deeper intelligence that's as you say that heals that doesn't have us get involved with healing the car apart from maybe cleaning it up, putting a plaster on it, you know, like commonsensical things that we we just, it just makes sense versus me having to look at the cut for until it heals or me having to, I don't know, chant over it or something, you know, we, it, we, we could do those things and I'm sure people do in some cultures, but I don't think it's that, that, that does the healing. There's a, there's a deeper intelligence that's running everything on our planet. Um, and, and other planets, I'm sure, in the whole universe, there's a deeper intelligence at work here, and we overlook that fact. Uh, and as you, as you said before, and that deeper intelligence is, if we listen, going back to the listening, if, we, if we're listening, it's guiding us, and it's guiding us 24-7. It's available to us all the time. Whether we take a moment, several moments, a long time, whatever suits to actually be with, and listen quietly, take, even, even recognize that that's possible. You know, I, don't, I think even just the notion that really is that on offer? Is that, what do you mean listen? I mean, people will say that, you know, what do you mean? What do you mean listen? Or just stop listening to the, the loud voice of, habitual thinking like like this you know for me that would look like what oh I shouldn't have eaten that I shouldn't oh I should eat that or no that won't be done if I eat that that's an inflammatory food and that's not going to work for me that would be one of mine so instead of listening to the habitual known keep me safe type thinking which is what the mind does the brain does it wants to keep us safe that's its job listen for something that's fresh and new and alive and it may be it, it still don't eat whatever but it comes with a different feeling it comes with an aliveness to it not the habitual heavy loud or even frustrated or not I can't eat that again sort of feeling like no I'd love to eat that piece of cheese and you know but if I eat it blah, blah, blah. now it might be no, don't don't eat that piece of cheese. It's just not going to do you well today. Not going to be any good taste. It's got a different voice or a different feeling to it, a different yeah sensation to it. And so that that's what that's what we're pointing to here is the type, isn't it? There's a type of type, you know, the, the listening to the to the type of intelligence. And some for some people, it's not it's not a even a. It sounds to what the way I've described it, it's a voice or it's a. A message but sometimes it comes in feelings or smells or I don't know images and and it's different for different people so when when we're saying listening it doesn't actually have to be a voice per se but it's a listening to 
to to some something that you know is is speaking to you in ways that it speaks to you. It could be a piece of music. Who knows? I mean, it doesn't come to me like that, but it just occurred to me. It could be, it could be music. I don't know. That has a meaning, and you know what it, you know what it means. So it's really, it's individual. It's like there's this universal deeper intelligence that's there for all of us, and yet it's it's individual for each person because that's the way it works. I don't know how it works. I just know that is how it works. I don't know why it works that way probably is more the way to say it, but it seems to be different for different people. When I speak to people, it's it, it they, they hear things or see things or feel things in different ways, but it's meaningful for them. And that's all that matters. They know what it means. And so this idea that we have to look outside of ourselves and follow the gurus or the experts or the whoever knows better than me I think that's a general misunderstanding in the world. And that doesn't mean that other people haven't got really good information, because they have. Um, but it's checking in with you to see if that is what is wanted by your body right now. That's that, That's been key for me, is to really yeah. read something and go, mm, that's, I didn't know that, and there's some science behind something. And it's, it's like, oh, I've never heard of that one before. And then it's checking in and saying, hmm, is it helpful? You know, the gluten one's huge, isn't it? Like, you know, is it, is it helpful for me to not eat gluten at the moment? Get a yes or a no and go with that. Is it, it's, it's ever changing, right? It's not just, you know, you hear the message once and it's for life. It's not, it's like, listen, 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 just listen. And there's so much on offer when we actually quiet down and listen. So much on offer. Yeah. Yeah, and it reminds me of, you know, when I was doing these restricted diets, you know, when I discovered them and started on them, I felt really good. Like there was a really, it was just an, a knowing of, well, this is the right thing to be doing. And then there would come a point when it just, I just felt rotten and resentful and miserable. And, mm. and rather than listen to that, I listened to to that noisy voice that was saying but if you don't if you don't stick to it what's going to happen if you don't stick mm -hmm. to it you're going to start getting really bloated again you're going to be uncomfortable and this is going to happen and that's going to happen and and so i stuck to it and just lived miserably <laughs> yeah. rather than following the knowing which was this has run its course it's not it's not helping me anymore mm -hmm. so what's the next thing that i could try and sitting back mm -hmm. and just waiting for the next thing that came around you know came into into you know that's what happens isn't it we then get an email from someone talking about something that we're that that sounds interesting or we stumble across a bit of research that points us to something else and um but it's being open to that mm. and mm. that's been hugely valuable to see that we can just that what's helpful in one moment doesn't necessarily continue mm. to be helpful and when it stops being helpful then it's time to just open up and and, and look for the next thing or, or be be open enough to to you know get the next kind of obvious thing to do when you i just want to say one last thing because it, it reminded me when you were talking about um i can't remember what you said just a moment ago but it reminded me of a, a doctor recently that i heard and he said when he was training um, they were doing their, you know, they have to go around the hospital and visit patients. And 
and this uh, this doctor afterwards had i think the guy had broken something and um he said oh yeah the the guy that was training us the you know trained doctor professional um afterwards he said actually you know it doesn't really matter what we do because they'll get well despite us (laughs) 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 and i just uh, that stuck with me and it's obviously it stuck with him as well but you know it's so true like our bodies are are have evolved over millennia to to do what they do perfectly mm. and then we come along and think that we know better and that you know well, we can fix something and sort it by having this or that or the other but actually it comes back to that well actually if we just let our body do what it knows to do Mm. then we'd be in a whole lot less suffering. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that might be a good place to stop because I Mm. think we might have some further conversations, might we? I think there's so much to say, isn't there? Yeah, 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 there is so much. I don't want to go on for for too long. so we'll, I'm sure we'll do an, another few episodes on, on what we've been seeing around this because it's, mm-hmm. um, yeah, helpful, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. helpful. <laughs> helpful, yeah, helpful and hopefully helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. cool. Fabulous. Well, thank you very much for thank coming Thank you, Vicky. Thanks for sharing your story. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. hopefully it will be useful, like I say. But um, I will catch up with you very soon. Thank you. Take care. Bye for now. Bye.